From Hollywood, it's dream time. Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of Dream Shampoo are pleased to present the fourth in a series of new programs starring Don Amici. Blanche, why don't you keep quiet and let me sleep? Danny Thomas. I'll get out of this phone booth tonight if it kills me. And Francis Langford, who sings... Blue sky smiling at me Nothing but blue skies do I see Birds singing a song, nothing but blue skies all day long. Never saw the sun shining so bright, never saw things going so right. Noticing the days hurrying by, when you're in love, oh my, how they fly. Days, all of them gone, nothing but blue skies all day long. Now, here is your host for the evening, Don Amici. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and good evening. Don't go away, Francis. What's the matter, Don? Oh, it's Danny Thomas in the telephone booth. I think we're in for a little unpleasantness tonight. What happened, Don? Did he get his head caught in the dial? (laughs) Carmen, you're a scream. Well, I don't know the guy. I never even saw him. Oh, this is serious, Francis. There's a lawyer here, Mr. Gordon. He's from the telephone company, and he wants his phone booth back. I once knew a fellow who worked for the phone company. Used to empty the coin boxes. His name was Rob Nichols. (laughs) Mm. They used to tell the one about the streetcar conductors. Rob Nichols, get it? Well... I thought it was funny. What do you expect? I'm only a band leader. <laughs> Honey, why don't you take a couple of aspirins? Francis, I want you to stay right with me when we go to see Danny, and perhaps you'll be able to soften the blow and sort of manage things. Green leaves your hair so soft and yet so easy to manage. Now, what's that for, Toby? <laughs> well, I'm just running through my discourse on Drain, Don. Well, please be good enough to run through it someplace else. Never saw such a disorganized Mr. group. Mr. Amici, I don't like to be boorish about this thing, but my time is limited. I'm trying a very important case in Superior Court tomorrow. Forgive me, Mr. Gordon. Briefs uh, to prepare and all that, you know. Uh, Mr. Gordon, this is Miss Langford. I'd like her Ms. to... Miss Langford? Get... Mr. Gordon? I thought the three of us would quietly... Naturally. <laughs> it isn't my intention to resort to violence, but I understand this Tompkins fellow... Thomas. Danny Thomas. Yes. I understand he's not only taken possession of the phone booth, but furnished it completely and rented the front window to a watchmaker. <laughs> Now, that's just gossip, Mr. Gordon. I'm sure we can... Uh, that remains to be seen. My client's the telephone, telephone company. Telephone company? How about getting me a phone for my new apartment, Jack? <laughs> I'm afraid you have the advantage of me, sir. Carmen, he doesn't install telephones. He's their chief lawyer. This is Mr. Gordon from New York. How do you do? I'm Dragon from North Hollywood. <laughs> well, I'm a little weary myself. <laughs> 
the trip wasn't exactly idyllic. Huh? Go away, go away. Uh, Mr. Gordon, I suggest that we repair to the telephone booth and see if we can repair Danny Thomas. An excellent idea. Mr. Amici, you're nothing if not forthright. Where's this booth? Fourth to the right. Would you like me to carry your briefcase, Mr. Gordon? Oh, thank you, Miss Langford. I can manage. Just let me find my folio. Uh, papers, here it is. I want this dispossessed notice. Dispossessed. Imagine a guy being evicted from a phone booth. Well, it just goes... Wait. Wait, hold, hold it a minute. Oh, what's the trouble? What's Reed doing in Danny's booth? I didn't even know they'd ever met. Shh. There's something strange going on between them. Listen. Uh-huh. What'd you say his name was, Toby? Gordon. Gordon is a lawyer, yeah. and they're going to evict you from this phone booth. Is Amici in on this or Francis Langford? Oh, I don't think so, Danny. Gee, that's why I'm so glad you've got Mike right. Glad. It's driving me nuts. I know, but I can come here and bring you little bits of information, and nobody knows how you repay me. Well, thanks for tipping me off, Toby. I suppose you want your reward now, huh? Well, if it isn't asking too much, Danny. Oh, no. Go ahead. Read your commercial to me. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Danny. Girls, here's a glamour secret. You obviously know what a difference in glamour just a dream shampoo can make. And listen, girls, this is straight to you. When it's important for you to look your glamorous best, make sure your hair is radiantly clean, lovely to look at, thrilling to touch. And you can bring out all the romantic beauty of your hair by using Dream Shampoo with hair conditioning action. You see, Dream Shampoo brings out all the loveliness of any girl's hair. Now, that's because Dream is not a soap shampoo, so never leaves a dulling film on hair as all soaps do. Dream dramatizes all the soft, thrilling texture of your hair, reveals all its hidden beauty, as much as 33% more luster than any soap shampoo. And Dream does not dry out hair. Instead, its fragrant, freshening whipped cream leather leaves hair soft and smooth and oh, so beautifully behaved. So, girls, for lovely, lustrous hair, use Dream Shampoo with hair conditioning action. Use it at home or ask for it in your beauty shop. Buy it at all drug department and 10 cent stores. Remember, no other shampoo leaves your hair more lustrous, yet so easy to manage. Dream, D-R-E-N-E. -E. Gee, thanks a lot, Danny. Beat it quick. Here comes Amici and that lawyer. I better use the phone. Uh, Danny. One minute, my good man. Hello? Yes, yes, I see. Leaving for Cairo this evening, eh? Well, make it a point to call me as soon as you arrive. Yes, at this number. Well, it's all right. I'll wait here until you call. <laughs> Goodbye. Danny! Oh, good evening, Miss Langford. Uh, Danny, this gentleman wants to have a talk make with you. Make it brief, please. I'm expecting some very important calls. Am I addressing Mr. Thomas? You have that honor, Mr. Gordon, uh... sir. I'm an attorney. Oh, Attorney Gordon. Delighted. Mr. Gordon, it's Miss Langford. Miss Langford. Mr. Gordon. Mr. Amici, Mr. Gordon. Mr. Gordon, Mr. Amici. Well, if you'll excuse me now, I have some business to attend to. <laughs> you'll find the ice and the ginger ale over there. Danny! What's the matter with you? Oh, hello, Don. Come on out and talk to Mr. Gordon, Danny. Mr. Thomas, I represent the telephone company. Oh, you do? Fine. Well, I want you to fix this mouthpiece. It keeps dropping on my nose every time I look at Danny! Come on out and talk to Mr. Gordon. Now, Mr. Gordon is an attorney, and he wants you to get out of that booth. Here's the bill of particulars. Please, don't bother me with mundane affairs. It's not mundane, it's sundane. <laughs> and you better read that bill of particulars. Come on out and talk to Mr. Gordon. Why can't I have another line? <laughs> Mr. Thomas, I am prepared to go to court with an action of ejectment in the event that you fail to comply with the demands made in our Bill of Particulars. Let me see it. No one then by these present greetings. To it. Discharge. Danny Thomas. Telephone booth. Three weeks. Public nuisance. Mm-hmm. Serving a piece. Mm. Indirect trespass. What do you know? Mr. Gordon, this entire thing is irrelevant, incompetent, and impetistic. 
What is that infotistic? I don't know. I just put it in there to make to scare him. That's all. <laughs> My dear sir, you don't scare me in the least. In exactly three minutes, I shall call the police and have you forcibly ejected. Come on out and talk to Mr. Gordon. <laughs> oh, this is getting monotonous. Now, wait a minute, Mr. Gordon. You have no right to put me out of this phone booth. Why, of course he has, Danny. You've been in it for three weeks, and it's supposed to be for public use. Well, I'm the public. I put nickels in. That's like paying rent. As soon as the phone company accepts my money, they've established a landlord-tenant relationship. Very good. Oh, Danny, this won't get you anywhere. It's one thing to occupy a phone booth for more than a reasonable length of time, but it's another when you have it redecorated and take in borders. <laughs> borders? That's a lie. Only one border. Come on out and talk to... Oh, the devil with that. Goodbye. And as for calling me a public nuisance, Mr. Gordon, have you forgotten the doctrine of Valente non-fitting, are you? That's an excellent offense, Mr. Thomas. You bet it is. Where'd you learn all that? You do have a perfect right to occupy the booth as long as you do no injury and continue to make regular payments for calls completed. You tell them, boy. As I said before, your defense is excellent. Yes, sir. Except for one minor flaw. What's that? The service on this telephone has been discontinued since December 3rd. I've been stabbed. <laughs> now will you come out of there, you faker? Oh, please, Don, I'll do anything, but don't make me face that microphone Remember, Mr. Thomas, if you haven't vacated this phone booth by tomorrow morning We'll have to secure a writ of mandamus, a writ of replebin, and a nolo contendere Good day And I hope they throw you in jail for life How do you like that? Hope they throw me in jail for life Brings around his big shot lawyer friends What's so tough about being a lawyer? All you need is a college education <laughs> I could have gone to college Thought of going to high school. <laughs> How could I? I didn't even graduate from grammar school. <laughs> What's on your mind, he says to me. I should have said nothing and beat him to the punch. <laughs> but he didn't say what's on your mind. How do you like that? For once in my life, I think of a brilliant answer and he hasn't got the decency to ask me the question for it. <laughs> Tries to impress me with his knowledge of Blackstone. I know who Blackstone is. He's a cigar. <laughs> oh, seriously, I, I know Blackstone backwards. I do. An arch scalp. <laughs> Big thing, law. I could be the greatest lawyer in the world. Sure, why not? It's a free country. I'm a citizen. Gee, I can just see me now. Famous all over the world, defending a case in England. A breathless hush falls upon the courtroom in historic Old Bailey in London as Sir Daniel Thomas, KCB, addresses the bench in a final plea for his beautiful client. My lord... Counsel for the Crown has been most eloquent in his plea for the verdict of guilty. <laughs> but I find it incumbent to remind the court of the mitigating circumstances. There you behold my client, beautiful, yes, polished, sedate, civilized. Her humble origin has already been recorded. Born in Mumskate's Mews at Krampus under Burpsing, Neves Erps Didlum. <laughs> Rose from a cinder wench to become mistress of the manor of mockish puddles <laughs> and the wife of the Earl of Wobbly. The evidence is clear that in a fit of temper, she killed the Earl with a bed warmer <laughs> and married another Earl. She traveled 500 miles to marry the second Earl, then liquidated him too. And 500 miles later, she took the spouse yet another Earl, always with the same tragic result. For 17 years, she adhered to this practice, not entirely without reason. I move for acquittal. Not only acquittal, but a life membership in the automobile club. <laughs> On what ground? Obviously, for changing her oil every 500 miles. <laughs> Case dismissed. Does the defendant wish to speak? Come on out and talk to Mr. Gordon. 
Back in America, all eyes were upon the famous attorney Chauncey Depew Thomas as he conversed in low tones with his poverty-stricken client, an Italian immigrant. You swear to me that you're innocent of this crime? You swear you didn't steal an inner tube, two chickens, and a box of cigars? I'm a swear, but I'm not going to pay you no money, Mr. Lawyer. Well, give me what you can afford. What have you got? I got an inner tube, two chickens, and a box of cigars. <laughs> Good. If it please the court, in behalf of my client, Your Honor, I make this appeal to you. I'm not trying to say he's perfect, but his faults are very few. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi. Defense will continue. He once had a fight with his mother-in-law, <coughs> so he threw her out, but not through the door. It just happens he lived on the 43rd floor. <laughs> so for that, you call a man a criminal? Hmm? That's right, Your Honor. I couldn't get a lower apartment. It's not my hey, fault. shut up your face. <laughs> Proceed. Yes, you, I mean, yes, Your Honor. Now, he asked for a raise and was met with a sneer. He happened to see that a penknife was near. So what's wrong with a boss who's got only one ear? <laughs> for that, you call a man a criminal? Hmm? That's right, Yana. I tell him I'm sorry, I'll hey, lose him. shut up your face. <laughs> Rosie? Yes, Your Honor. Once a lady told him he was cruel and wild. She told him he wasn't well-bred. Oh, but he's such a softy, he wept like a child As he broke every bone in her head <laughs> Don't brand him a thief for one scheme that he hatched It's only a cigarette lighter he snatched It just happened it had a Buick attached <laughs> Now you have heard my plea, Your Honor But if you still think he's a sinner won't you please hang him right away? I'm an hour late for dinner. We got beef and cabbage. Cabbage in your hands. Order! Order! The court finds the defendant guilty and sentences him to 20 years at hard labor. You see, Bachikalupi, I told you I'd get you a job. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I always say... What do you always say? Well, sometimes I like to say... Hey, I... Shut up, your face. <laughs> this is what I always say. Please don't call a crook a criminal. The boat rides we would take The moonlight on the lake Way we danced and hummed our favorite song. The things we did, love, I remember, all went along. The midway and the fun, the cupid dolls we won, the bell you rang to prove that you were strong. The things we did last summer I remember all went along The early morning hike The rented tandem bike The launchers that we used to pack 
never could explain that sudden summer rain the looks we got when we got back the leaves began to fade like promises we made how could a love that seems so right go wrong the things we did last summer I'll remember the new year brings new glamour your way is to look to the looks of your hair. Now you can make the most of your natural beauty by keeping your hair looking its very best, alive and radiant with lustrous highlights. You can bring out all its natural luster and color brilliance by using Dream Shampoo with hair conditioning action. Dream your hair and you reveal all its sparkling natural highlights, all its glorious luster. Dream your hair and you glamorize all its soft, thrilling texture. Dream your hair and you remove all luster-dulling soap film and unsightly dandruff flakes, and Dream's fragrant, freshening whipped cream lather leaves your hair silk and soft, sublimely smooth, and oh, so beautifully behaved. Yes, for lovely, lustrous hair, use Dream Shampoo with hair conditioning action. No other shampoo leaves your hair more lustrous, yet so easy to manage. Dream, D-R-E-N-E. And now, Don Amici and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson with Danny Thomas as Brother Amos in The Honeymoon is Over. The Bickersons have retired. Mrs. Bickerson tosses restlessly while her husband, John, victim of an obscure type of insomnia which manifests itself in constant and instantaneous sleep, exhibits the following symptoms of the dread disease. Listen. Well, I'm just not going to stand another minute. John! John! Sit up! Come on, sit right straight upright. Take off that sleep shade. What's the matter, Blanchard? You're making me a nervous wreck with that snoring. I haven't closed my eyes all night. There must be something you can take to stop it. Stop what? Your snoring. Oh, it's just your imagination. I never snore. John Bickerson, how you can have the audacity to... John! John! 
Mm. If you weren't snoring just then, what were you doing? Well, how do I know, Blanche? I was sleeping. <laughs> well, that kind of sleep is no good for you. Well, I love it. <laughs> it doesn't leave you rested. I hope you haven't forgot that you start work at a new job tomorrow morning. Mm. Your last one, you gave up because you were wide, weren't wide awake Blanche, enough. I didn't give up my old job. You quit for me. <laughs> it's a good thing I did. You weren't making enough anyway. Well, the new job pays less. I know, but the hours are longer. <laughs> uh, what kind of reasoning do you call that? Well, there's more time to advance yourself. You'd do a lot better, John, if you patterned yourself after my brother Amos. I hate your brother Amos. At least he's a go-getter. Well, then why doesn't he go get a job? <laughs> he doesn't need to. Amos is a shrewd businessman. He can get things from people. Uh, he got plenty from me, all right. You're just jealous. He makes good everywhere he goes. Even in the army, he worked himself up to a field marshal. He worked himself up to a buck private. You know very well we got word that they made him a field marshal. He was a private and he was court-martialed, not field <laughs> Well, what's the difference? Court-martial, field marshal. Uh... Did you set the alarm clock? Yes, I set the alarm clock. What time did you set it for? Mm. I wanted you to give yourself plenty of time... And from now on, you're going to eat breakfast with me before you leave. Okay. And when you get it ready, just call me downstairs. Get what ready? Breakfast. It won't hurt you to prepare breakfast for both of us. Leo Goosby does it all the time. He brings it to glory on a tray. Blanche, why don't you let me sleep? Well, I like that. I don't let you sleep. You can say that again. It's your own snoring that wakes me up and makes me wake you to stop it. So you can get enough sleep so you won't be tired from sleeping the way you do. You can't say that again. <laughs> well, don't mix me up. I'm the one who never sleeps. I'm worried right now for fear you won't get up in time to go to work. I'll get up in time. I can dress fast. Your shirts aren't back from the laundry. Well, then I'll wear the one I wore today. You will not. You wear a clean one if you have to wash and iron it yourself. <laughs> okay. You say it now, but you won't do it. I will. You'd better do it now. Get up and wash your shirt. <laughs> what? Go on. Get up and wash your shirt. Blanche, are you out of your mind? It's almost four o'clock in the morning. Well, by the time you get through with the shirt, you can start making breakfast. I never heard of such a thing. You know how I have to wrestle myself to sleep, and when I finally do, you lie there just waiting to wake me up like some... some jungle-prowling alligator. Alligators don't prowl in the jungle. Well, what do I care? You'd wash your shirt quick enough if you were going to see Gloria Gooseby. I don't need a shirt to see Gloria Gooseby. I believe that. Now, don't you start trapping me into saying things again. With that kind of bait, you'd be trapped every time, brother. Oh, Gloria Gooseby. I wish I'd never seen the woman in my life. So do I. You're not the same person you used to be, John. What's the matter now? Whenever you're alone with me, you just sit and mope. I don't mope at all. I'll bet you're sorry you married me. I am not. You never say you're happy. Well, I feel very happy. Well, then why don't you say it? I'm the happiest man in the world! <laughs> now, are you satisfied? No, there's something missing, John. All our friends have such fun. With their children, I mean. The Goosebys have a baby. The Flafters have a baby. And yesterday, the Marvins had a baby. Everybody has a baby. Blanche, it's four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> little thing weighed eight and a half pounds. That's wonderful. They haven't decided on a name yet. Mm. I wonder if I could think of... <laughs> I've got it. 
John, John, mm, mm. wake up. I thought of a good name. Go to sleep. I've thought of a bad one. <laughs> I'll phone them in the morning. Did you pull the stopper out of the alarm clock? Mm-hmm. Did you set it for six? Seven. That won't give you enough time. You have to be at work by nine. Plenty of time. I can leave here at 8.15. There's no train after seven. I don't need a train. I'm driving. I'm afraid you'll have to take the train. I'm taking my car. It isn't here. It is, too. It's in the garage. No, it isn't. I lent it to Amos. Well, then I'll take... You what? I lent your car to Amos. He wanted to go to the race. Blanche, no. No, you couldn't. Not my car. Don't get so excited. He promised to bring it back Tuesday. Tuesday? It's a new car. He can't drive. He hasn't even got a license. Why did you do that? Well, he wanted to go to the racetrack, and he'd have to get up so early if he took the but train. But it's all right for me to take a train, huh? It's all right for me to go without sleep. And I'm going to work, not the racetrack. Well, Amos has a chance of making a lot more money than you. I'll look, Blanche. Maybe you wouldn't have to go to work either if you'd get friendlier with Amos. I'll play. He meets the right kind of people and always manages to figure out some money-making scheme, and he's bound to be a millionaire. Then why does he keep borrowing from me? If you're foolish enough to lend him things, you shouldn't complain. Go to sleep. Go to sleep, she tells me. Sleep. I waited four years for that car. Never even had my hands on the wheel. And she gives it to that irresponsible maniac. Tomorrow morning, I'll have the pleasure of opening my garage door and not finding my beautiful car. You won't find the garage door either. Why not? <laughs> Amos knocked it off as he was backing out. Oh! The garage was too narrow anyway. Go to sleep, John. Oh, what are you, you going to do with a woman like that? This is too much. Hmm. The car is too narrow. Hmm. Ever be able to sleep again as long as I... John, get up. Okay, okay. Feels like I didn't sleep at all. How do you shut this darn thing off? Where's the stopper? Put down the alarm clock. It's the phone. Oh. Oh, I knew it couldn't be the alarm because I just... Oh! Put the lights on. The lights are on. You've got the pillowcase on your head. Oh. Where am I? Hello. Jacko, this is Amos. Drop dead! <laughs> no, no, wait, Amos, Amos. Yeah? What, uh, where are you? Where, where's my car? Can you stand the shock, Jacko? Oh, no. No. Hey, you know that thousand you lent me? Well, I went to the track and I got to worrying about it, see? So I made a few bets for you. I got $300 for you. Honest? You won that much? Oh, no, I lost. But, but the $300? Well, I was so worried about losing that I ran your car into a truck. And I sold it on the spot to a junk man. Oh, Amos, Amos, you didn't. Oh, yeah, I'll bring you the money in the morning. So long, Jacko. Amos, Amos. It's the end of the world. Turn off the lights, Blanche. I'm weak. Let me get back in bed. Why should one man have so much trouble? Oh, oh, oh. Right in the mouth. Oh. John, did you hurt yourself? What's the difference? I was going to have these two teeth pulled anyway. Good night, Blanche. This is Toby Reed reminding you, for lovely, lustrous hair, use Dream Shampoo. No other shampoo, only Dream, with hair conditioning action. Leaves your hair more lustrous, yet so easy to manage. Listen next Sunday for another pleasant half hour with Don Amici, Danny Thomas, Francis Langford, Carmen Dragon, and his music. And now, here is Don Amici wishing you good days, good nights, and good luck until we meet again. Let's all remember the March of Dimes.
Everybody's talking about Dreft, the greatest dishwashing discovery in 2,000 years. Dreft, D-R-E-F-T, Dreft. Procter & Gamble's sudsing miracle that gets dishes so clean they shine even without wiping. Yes, it makes even glasses sparkle like jewels. Dreft simply can't leave any streaks on dishes the way all soaps do. Why, with Dreft, your nicest glassware positively shines. Dreft is kind to your hands, too. Get Dreft in the bright green package. That's D-R-E-F-T, Dreft. Danny Thomas appeared through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor musical, Till the Clouds Roll By. Danny Thomas's song was written by Jerry Seelan with special music by Carmen Dragon. Some managers of American households may not realize that saving used fats is more important today than ever. To help get more soap, fabrics, and other needed items, save used fats. The need is urgent, the reason's sound, and dealers now pay more per pound. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. KFI, Los Angeles, Earl C. Anthony, Incorporated. Dentine, dentine, swing the dentine way. It's refreshing, you will say. Dentine chewing gum, it's keen chewing gum. Buy a pack today. 